Señores y señoras, nosotros tenemos más influencia con sus hijos que tú tienes. Pero los queremos. Creado y regado de la Internet. Alternativa a Rudo. My plane to fly us to Little St. James. <laughs> Comrades, one and all, it is Wednesday. <laughs> Comrades, one and all, it is Wednesday, July 1st, 2020, and welcome to episode 37 of Heel Alternative, the interim official podcast of Pro Wrestling.cool. It's not just cool, it's dot cool. We're here to fucking turn the lights off. I don't fucking know. I'm John, joined by Oscar. What's up? And Trace. Hey, how's it going? You know, it's... I mean, it's a little better, I guess, than the past couple weeks have been, because everything's not completely on fucking fire anymore. It's just, you know, mostly on fire. Yeah, the curve of badness is kind of flattening a little bit. It's still up there. It's okay. I think this episode we're here with a book of matches. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, is that this is the episode where we just set it ablaze and then, you know, leave for a couple months and then go, I don't know, maybe it'll be fine? Mm-hmm. Yep, I mean, who knows at this point? Like, we don't know anything that might happen. Yeah, maybe wrestling won't be fucking on anymore. I mean, it might not be. Who knows? I mean... Let's let's get right on into it. Let's first our first topic for tonight is yeah we do got to do some follow up for the past couple episodes that we've done starting with the uh, the COVID shit because yeah as we talked about last week uh, a bunch of people in WWE tested positive and we know a bunch of them now. Yep. So as we were going off the air last week, uh, we had found out that Renee Young was one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. What we didn't know was that apparently uh, she they were not very happy with her saying that she had it and so much so that we thought that she might be getting fired over this no less it's true like we we were very curious as to what this wednesday announcement that she advertised was going to be and with the context of like oh yeah apparently they're really not happy about her like doing this of her own volition like they sure aren't but false alarm yeah false alarm it's a cookbook yeah, don't worry about it. She's fine. She and Moxley are apparently keeping at separate ends of the house. But, mm-hmm. nevertheless, he's been exposed technically as well because he doesn't know. I mean, they, they were around each other before she tested positive. Yeah. And, you know, has also taken the, the tact of like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll keep my distance, but also I'm not going to leave my wife. Right. Which, difficult, but... It, Somewhere Social in the distancing. corner, Paul Heyman is crying. Damn. <laughs> Why do Bobby I get... Lashley be in this scenario? Is it Cage? <laughs> Bobby Who Lashley's... can stop 
the path of Cage to Bobby your wife's La- bedroom. Bobby Lashley Who can stop Taz. the path of cuck? Bobby Lashley's Taz, Cage's COVID. Oh, man. Jesus. This got oh, really man. dark. This is why we need to stop, because our, we're just going to the absolute worst places with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've, I mean, look, we've been at the absolute worst place for a long time. But now it's getting, like, unfunny worst place in some ways, even though we're having fun right now. Yeah. Yeah. This is just the worst kind of gallows humor. This is yeah. just, oh god, we are just in so much pain right now. Mm-hmm. But, so, yeah, so not only is Renee a confirmed case, we also have uh, two backstage producers in Adam Pierce and Jamie Noble. Yep. And fucking mm. Jamie Noble is, is a big one, because apparently he was working with a lot of people on their matches on both Raw and SmackDown. I mean, he's one of the most popular agents to work with, so yeah. Ain't good. And then we had confirmation that not only does Kayla Braxton currently have it, she's had it twice now. Which is... Which, kind holy of, fuck, I didn't even know you could get it twice. I didn't realize you could in that short of time period twice. I mean, hey, at least this dispels the herd immunity. Yeah, which I think needed to be dispelled anyway, for sure. But it's like, I thought people were starting to make the argument, oh, well, it's like the flu. You can only get it once a year. But then again, I think if you really look into it, you can get the flu twice a year if you get in a bad situation. Just put it out there. Hey, I it work does. retail. I've had the flu twice a year. Mm-hmm. So it it's does like, also make me wonder, considering that uh, Kayla was apparently she she had also said that hey I had this around March too. So like, was she one of the people that got it during the WrestleMania tapings? Uh-huh. Like was she that was she the person the the non in ring performer but in ring talent that they were referencing? Almost certainly has that to be. possibly be. It's like I I'm stepping around saying yeah it's got to be her, but it's like case is pretty open for that to be her yeah like that that seems like it might be her yeah jesus and and that like yeah and really dispels herd immunity like whoever's been fucking spreading that around is a goddamn idiot like we don't do herd immunity with flus and this is much like a flu and how it spreads not now it attacks and hurts you because it fucking it fucking kills you and it fucking rips your brain apart in some cases, rips up your circulatory system in some cases, can fuck up your lungs permanently, shit like that. So don't make me think it's like a flu, but Jesus Christ, people, this is not like a herd immunity. You get it once and it's chicken pox, you're done with it. I've been saying this for months now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is just a bad situation all around, and it is, like, especially bad, you know, considering that, like, this is not just fucking with WWE now, and of course, you know, WWE's tact on all this is, they're still not really doing anything. I, you know, look, I haven't watched any of their content that they've done lately, but, like, they're still not forcing people to wear masks, are they? Apparently, they now have tried to get the crowd to wear masks. The crowd behind the uh, hockey-type plexiglass. But then you have fucking Rick Bugis not doing it. Yeah. Clearly not doing it. And in fairness, he got told on Twitter about, hey, you don't have to show symptoms to be contagious. And he kind of was like, oh, shit, I didn't quite grasp that. I'm going to be better about this. I'll start wearing the mask. Sorry, guys. 
Okay, that's so good. I, I he didn't, didn't hear that part of it. Yeah, he didn't pull an Austin Aries. He's like, I've been getting a lot of information, and I'm starting to realize that, yeah, I can't be taking the mask off like that. Good. Thanks, Eric. Hey, you know what? Good for him. Yeah, because it's just, his rationale was, I want to be able to take my mask off and scream and actually make some noise and show emotion and stuff. And fair, but also... Like, we're not at a time where you need to worry about that so much as you need to worry about not fucking infecting an entire roster. Yeah, like, at, at that point, like, I get what you're saying, but you're also just completely buying into the Kevin Dunn mentality of real fans don't wear masks. Yeah, which, come on. Real fans are willing to put their lives in literal danger and, like, potentially fuck up their bodies forever just to show how much they love us. They love it, folks. Which, Jesus. I guess, like, to throw some shade towards AEW, I know AEW is doing better testing overall, but when you get in that better crowd. Better doesn't mean good, though. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And nobody in that crowd wears a fucking mask. Yep. And that was definitely the thing that stuck out to me is that, like, of all weeks, especially when you were doing a live episode, and especially with everything going on in the other company, it seems like of all weeks, this would be a really good week to be like, hey, Look, everybody, just put on a mask, like put on a, you know, put on a good show, make like we're being safe. Just do this. Not a single fucking person in the crowd, not even Trent's mother, who admittedly was social distancing, but still. Yeah, well, social distancing with everybody except the best friends because, you know, Chuck and Trent did hug her. Yeah. And the other thing that did stick out to me is, you know, as as we did mention or was kind of mentioned in passing here, uh, the... The title match for Fight uh, Fighter Fest, uh, John Moxley versus Brian Cage, that's been pushed back because of uh, Moxley's being exposed and the fact that they're filming the second night of Fighter Fest, you know, tomorrow and uh, July second. So yeah. basically, what this means is, yeah, like aside from pushing it back two weeks, like you know, they're they're doing what they can to protect everybody. But then there was that Taz promo, and I really gotta say that, like. I don't know about y'all, but, like, the one thought I had watching that promo is, like, look, I get it, you're gonna make a dig at WWE where you can and make a point of, we're actually testing people, unlike, you know, these other motherfuckers, but you gotta be really counting your blessing that those fucking tests actually work and pay off, because otherwise, if this goes poorly, you've just had a real bad soundbite that's gonna come bite you in the fucking ass. Yep, exactly. It's gonna. It's kind of like the. I can't believe the other place actually uses rat poison. We don't use real rat poison. Watch me drink this. It's like you're gonna. It's gonna blow up in your face. It's gonna fucking kick somebody's ass. And if it does, you're gonna look like goddamn idiots. And I've been. We've been saying this for a month now, if not two months at this, this point. This is some Obama drinking the Flint water. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's just... Y'all, nothing here is safe. Let's stop trying to play you like it's safe. Let's stop trying to make a storyline about this shit. Or even take digs at companies at this point. Can we just get through this without turning this into a fucking war and just focus on the fact that y'all shouldn't even be doing this in the first place? This yep. is... This is the pettiest Wednesday Night Wars bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, like, this is actually petty. Like, all the other digs, whatever you want to say about them, even, the, like, the, the fucking uh, MJF calling out, like, this is a ratings war thing that he did in the beginning of the night. Mm-hmm. Like, 
all that stuff I feel like is whatever. It's it's fine. This is just actual petty ass bullshit. And again, I just mm-hmm. feel like famous last words. Yeah, it's just you don't put out something like that when you are not out of the clear. Now I'm just picturing if this was like fucking 1998, what Eric Bischoff would be saying about coronavirus. Probably a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. He'd be daring people to get him sick. Vince, uh, come on to my pay for you on Sunday and cough on me. That'll put butts in seats. That'll put butts in seats. Although I will also say, Eric Bischoff would have smartly capitalized on this by saying, you can buy NWO face masks. Of course, like, that would have been a thing back then, big time. Actually, it wouldn't I, have been face, I bet it would have been bandanas. Full-on bandanas, just like the buffs or stuff like that. N-W-COVID. New, 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 new world COVID. I mean, as we all know, COVID is created by the New World Order. For, for, for life? I mean, yeah, that's how long they want to control us for. <laughs> Fucking lizard people at it again. Can't believe I can't believe the gay frog chemicals are implanted into every face mask. Uh I knew Buff was gonna go for that. Goddamn Bagwell. It's the stuff. Mm-hmm. He yeah. look. Buff Bagwell gets his paper working for a gigolo company that caters exclusively to straight women. Yep. He's very specific about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Buff. Thanks, Buff. Thank you, Buff. As we've said previously on this podcast, live your life, Buff Bagwell. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. More on this COVID shit as it develops, but not from us, because we're taking a break. It's... I don't know. Go, go fucking read PW Insider. Or, or, look, give, give Dave Meltzer his money. I don't fucking know. I'm just going to say this. I'm looking at New York Times now on a daily basis, looking at all their charts for COVID and shit. And if, if we don't hear news at some point of one of these companies getting their comeuppance in a pretty bad way, I will be sincerely surprised because Florida is worse than it's ever been by a yep. long, long shot. Like I'm looking at 20, 30 fold. And I definitely going to think it's going to be AEW that that is the one that's going to take the brunt of it. I I really do still think that's going to happen. Like WWE has fucking proven that like they're going to weather this out and they don't give a fuck and it's not going to matter for them because it's fucking Vince. Mm-hmm. But I feel like again, when you're the fucking new kids on the block, you have way more to lose. They do. And they I just hope for their sake that it's not TNT that decides to hold it against them and get real mad about it, but I think it is. I mean, I guess we'll see how uh, this basketball shit goes in, like, four weeks. Yeah, which uh, Silver's already been saying, like, hey, if a bunch of us test in, we don't know what to do about it, but there's a bunch of spikes, we're just going to call it off as well. That might actually save AEW's butt. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows, though? Yep. It's real bad everywhere, for the most part. I'm looking at, like, a bunch of states around there. Just, for, for your sake... If you don't have to go outside, don't fucking go outside. Let me remind you of that. Stay the fuck home. Speaking of things that are real bad, though, we should definitely 
do some more follow-up on the other big topic that we've been talking about, which is, of course, hashtag speaking out. Yeah. Because there have been a few developments since the last time we spoke. Uh, yep. Not many. Um, you know, Ring of Honor finally put out a statement about fucking Marty Skrull. It sucked. It was basically the exact same statement they put out when uh, Jay Lethal was accused of sexual assault a couple years ago. And uh, remember how that all went. Yeah, everybody's... They took the press honestly going back to them and saying, Hey, you said you were going to look into this. Did you actually do that? And getting responses back, Oh, yeah, we're totally looking into it. And then eventually come back like, Yeah, nothing happened. Top men are on it. Yeah. So, yeah, we we know where this is going. They're they're not going to do anything. No, They've made it clear. That there is a pattern here. We know we know what this company does. We know how this works. They're they have made it clear. Marty Skrull is not going to see any any punishment or any real probably loss of his power. Nope, they've pretty much said it's okay. They're going to lift up the rug and the sweeping begins now. Uprox finally put out a statement about Stroud and with Spandex. Oh, hey, how was it? It was also really bad. Mm-hmm. It, they put it out on Tuesday. So a whole 12 days after the first allegations dropped. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, were not dropped, but were, you know, really pup publicly put out there uh yeah they basically just said like uh, one of our employees was accused of harassment and we don't stand for this we have suspended the the vertical and we have put the employee on leave while we do an investigation it was an absolutely nothing statement that there's no fucking reason that it took close to two weeks to put out the one thing that i will say is that he has been removed from the masthead which i i think is now a pretty clear statement of where this is all going but same token if you're gonna put a statement like that out fucking call the person out yeah like if you just not don't say the name it's like wearing a t-shirt saying i am not a you know puppy kicker yep people are just gonna ask the questions who was it it was which one of the writers was it we know it is but somebody not in the know is just gonna be asking that constantly they're gonna find out just say it yeah it's just, and hey, weird, surprise, surprise, that post is, has comments turned off. Mm-hmm. Of course. And yet a bunch of people still went into the SmackDown thread that is still going, apparently, and uh, just to fucking rag on it. Jeez. So, yeah, no one is happy about this statement. And granted, nobody's happy about this entire thing because, yeah, I, I was looking at uh, Scott Heisel, uh, one of the, the writers that was uh, was with Spandex, um, has been one of the point people really posting a lot more of the allegations against Brandon Stroud. And, yeah, there is it goes way deeper than I even fucking imagined. And like, granted I didn't even, there are details that I found out like after we recorded this podcast last week that I was like, what the fuck? But it is just a fucking serial, like it's just a fucking serial fucking never ending torrent of just shit that this guy has fucking done. And it's just like, holy fuck. I actually feel fucking shame that I fucking plugged this fucking website on this on these podcasts for so many years. 
What the fuck did I do? That's how yeah. this shit works. They they get they manage to trick you like that. And they just get so fucking entrenched, and it's just like it's mm-hmm. fucking yeah. It's just fucking horrifying. Yep. One thing that I will say, uh, before we go into the actual darkest thing, one thing that I will say is that I actually will say I am kind of surprised by uh, the actions that WWE has taken in the past week. Same. 100%. This is actually kind of a halfway decent move. And granted, they're still not doing you know a lot about certain things. Like, mm-hmm. clearly they've made it clear that they're behind Matt Riddle. Yep. Jordan Devlin is still a big question mark, but he's lawyered up, so probably they're behind him. Velveteen Dream, who fucking knows, like, I want to say he's not long for this world, but he then did get in a car accident, so it might be kind of a bad look to fire someone after they're in an accident. And so they're probably going to give him all the time in the world to heal up and then hope it blows over, which that's not how this works, but it kind of does. Also, he caused the accident, which makes me wonder. Just saying. Yeah, I I have a joke in there I'm not going to say. Because it's stupid. I, I can't believe Triple H made Velveteen Dream cause a car accident so that he wouldn't have to fire him. I can. He did it for it, the dream. It's all about the game and how you play it. That said, though, uh, they they did announce a bunch of fucking moves on uh, NXT UK. So, Legero and Travis Banks, two of the people that were accused of uh, grooming fucking teenagers and shit, uh, they're gone. They are just straight up gone. Perfect. Uh, yeah. They, they also, uh, it's come out that, like, those are the two names that were, like, publicly announced as, like, no, these people are gone. But apparently, also, Joe Coffey, who was also uh, accused... Uh, accused of things has been put on suspension and a bunch of referees including the one that was in that uh that fucking uh david star video have also been let go right real smart all around to just deal with the most obvious blatant shit get it out of there and i guess coffee we'll see if they actually just throw them out or not i don't know at this point but yeah i honestly don't really remember what coffee was accused of so uh yeah, I forget off the top of my head, but I think it was one of the lesser areas where Liguero obviously admitted to doing some of the stuff and at the same time tried to gaslight away a bunch of it in mm-hmm. his apology. So he kind of fucked himself in that regard. And Joe Coffey was sending unsolicited nudes. Okay. I mean, pretty gross, Joe. Yeah. Then yeah. again, hasn't Seth Rollins gotten away with some shit like that? Yeah. I mean, until his wife found out. Yeah. I mean, obviously not the same equivalent or anything like that, but, you know, just... I, I can see why they might just be a little pissy about it and then let him get away with it, because this is WWE still. Yeah. If he had done it at a different time, then yeah. maybe it would be fine. Mm-hmm. They also did announce uh, there was a big conference call for NXT UK... Uh, yesterday, where basically the only real information that's come out is that they're they are still committed to the brand. They are still going to continue doing shows. They don't have a timetable yet. Although I, one thing I hear did hear is that like within the next two months they're going to try and do another round of tapings. 
Sure. Yep, I heard that as well, so good luck with that. Yeah, I I do still wonder, you know, if this is something that, like, NXT UK can really recover from, or if they even really care. Like, you know, because one of the other things that has come out about this is that apparently NXT UK has lost money on every single show they've done except for a takeover. Somehow, I'm not NXT totally UK surprised. NXT UK has to be, like, a tax thing, right? I don't know about it. I bet it's kind of like just they expect to lose money at first and then kind of build a brand big enough that they could start selling up big arenas there around yeah. the entire Europe. Yeah, and, my and money is, my think, money is like, still know, on this. Trying to just... get the money from BT Sport for uh, for the, the television rights. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. Because, I mean, if you become the one decent source of British wrestling, then you can kind of force your way in TV deals and, you know, arenas everywhere there, basically. So... I'm sure they expected losses for a while and then recover, but at this point, I would say, uh, given what 2020 has done to everything, there is no recovery, or it'd take so much longer to actually bounce back, especially with yeah. all the scandals. And I guess it's just—I guess it's just a question of what exactly is their goal for NXT UK? Like, is their goal basically the same as like—is it the same as like regular NXT where they don't care that it doesn't make money because it's not about making money. It's about, you know, at first it was about, Hey, we're building new stars for the future. And now it's about, Hey, we're fucking AEW. Mm -hmm. I guess the only counterpoint I can think of to that is, yeah, but who are they? Who are they actively fucking in the UK anymore? That's a legitimate opposition. Well, it was world of sport and they beat them. But World of Sport, like, aired, what, one show? It had two, a, a season, I think. Mm. Or no, sorry, I'm thinking of WoW. Yeah. God fucking WoW. I still think it's kind of a fuck AEW situation. Like, they want to make sure that they wrap up any talent that could potentially jump anywhere else. Like, I know AEW would not be, like, the first brand at all to, like, expand into the UK at any point, but... They were going to do a show there before it all broke out. I guess, cynically, I wonder, when all this blows over, are they going to try to pick up guys like Jimmy Havoc? If Jimmy Havoc gets released? No. I don't think NXT is going to. I think that's just, again, there's too much baggage there, and they don't need to do anything that Jimmy Havoc hasn't already done to himself with uh, the allegations and everything that's come out. Yeah, and I, I do genuinely think that Trace's point from a couple weeks ago is, is right, that if Jimmy doesn't get the help that he definitely needs and maybe doesn't get out of wrestling for a while, he's just gonna he's just gonna pull a Road Warrior Hawk and go to go to fucking uh Japan and go in a spiral. Yep. I mean and that's not to talk about like the other wrestlers from that area that are obviously now going to have to either decide to get out of the business or find an alternate venue, but... Impact UK, here we go. I mean, before NXT UK stepped up, Impact had a pretty good UK following. The island of misfit wrestlers heads across the Atlantic this fall. (laughs) Oh, Fight Island is happening in the UK, I didn't realize. (laughs) Fight Isle of White. That's all I got. 
Hey, speaking of impact, though, before we before we move on to the actual dirt worst one, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like we should mention that, like, completely apropos of all this, yo, they fucking fired Tessa Blanchard. Oh, right, they did this week. God damn, about time. Yeah, although it wasn't for you know any of the horrible things that Tessa Blanchard has been accused of and almost certainly did. Oh, what? It's because she just didn't want to fucking show up. Or fucking drop the title, or uh, even cut promos. Okay, so I get not wanting to show up, but... Well, to be fair, I think she's trapped in Mexico right now. Hmm. But, oh... Wait, who is she? Is she dating Daga, or is yes, that someone else? Uh, uh, she is engaged to Daga. Okay, I, I couldn't remember what their status was, but yeah, it's... Okay, so I get that, but... Like, same token... We all know what happened, or what happens when you refuse to drop a title. Uh, and the, the other fu- story going around is that apparently, like, Impact wanted her to uh, just send in, like, just record a promo at her house. Just, like, send in a video promo, and then they'd re-edit it to make it an interview with uh, Josh Matthews. And she apparently didn't even want to do that. Which, at that point, I, I can only be so sad for her it's the minimal you could do it's yeah. a safe thing that's safe and apparently there was there had been talk that like her contract was was getting close to up and either she didn't want to resign or they didn't want to resign her so it was it was very clear that this was ending and i guess this just accelerated things but yeah also jesus fucking christ tessa still with this shit yeah, you'd think that she'd maybe want to back away from everything about being absolutely legitimately toxic backstage and hard to work with. Guess not. Guess we're yeah. just going to go down that road and completely screw her career over like a bunch of other wrestlers who have shown their ass in the last couple of years. And yet, as Oscar has pointed out to us, uh, there's apparently fucking still interest in her from WWE. I... Yep. I maintain what I talked about privately when we was kind of broken. We mentioned that I think AEW needs to send her a standard offer as if they're interested or send out a fielder of some sort just to get WWE to sign her for a ridiculous amount of money. Apparently fucking like Big Swole was saying, yeah, they should sign her, which, uh, okay. Yeah, Swole, what? I don't think that's a good idea. I think you'd have a real problem backstage. Yeah, you were literally one of the people that called her out, Swole. Yeah, I mean, if you want to forgive her, it's great, but I don't think she wants to forgive you for calling her out. No, I think she's very much going to do her usual shit. Yeah, I I appreciate Swole trying to put on an olive branch like that, but that's naive. Yeah. Just let her go to fucking WWE and be best friends with Charlotte and be Charlotte's Sasha Banks. Yeah, just the next Dana Brooke. Yeah, the friend who's less important. Mm-hmm. It's all about Charlotte. Yeah, but you know they'll... You know they will push her. But also, as I said... Hey, do you think AEW picks her up because they have Tully? Again, I think we did mention that kind of off the podcast. I don't know that Tully and Tessa are that close. Yeah, apparently there isn't much of a relationship there. 
Yeah, so it's like, I understand where it comes from because, you know, familial relations makes for good storylines, but I just don't see Tali being that interested in doing that and Tony Khan willing to set aside all the stories for risking the most vulnerable of his rosters. Mm-hmm. So. Just seems like a bad idea all around that I'm sure one of these companies is going to try. Yep, I mean, she's talented enough that somebody's going to make a mistake. Yep, I mean, there are enough people out there just saying, like, you know, she's the best, and, like, wherever she's going to go, she's going to get a ton of money. Like, just, you know, hey, surprise, surprise, wrestling fans being fucking shitty and just being like, oh, the fact that she's, like, an actual terrible person doesn't matter because she's so good. And imagine that, wrestling fans with terrible takes where everything bad is actually good and everything good is bad, actually. Hell, I still see a lot of people saying, yeah, well, you know, I'm still looking forward to when Will Ospreay gets to wrestle for New Japan again. God. I'm sure that New Japan is not going to blink twice to that because they don't give a shit about what gaijins do in their homelands. Mm-hmm. It's true. Hell, do you think Tessa goes to, like, stardom or something? If WBS and pick her up, I could see it being an option, but I don't see her even doing that because I don't think she's a big enough name to like feature in stardom. They got enough people there that are big and local. I th- I think she just she stays with AAA. Yeah, AAA is actually the wisest place for her to stay, and then maybe if AEW wants to work their connections with AAA and bring her in for a match, and then tell her please stay the hell out of our backstage area, just go home. Go see Daga. Just pull Great. up in a, in a minivan before mm-hmm. the match. It's fine. Give Daga a hug, then walk in. Okay, please go back in the minivan. Dri- drive, drive, drive. Get out of here. No, don't don't look at Brit. Don't look at Brit. She is our diamond in the roof. <laughs> All right. That's enough of this. Let's talk about the worst one. Okay. I can't fucking believe... That it's 2020, and we still need to fucking talk about Austin Aries. Oh, Jesus, this shit. You knew there was no way we weren't going to be able to get away from talking about... I think Austin Aries just admitted to sexual assault, though? Yeah. Did it being a clown face already about fucking masks and then just letting that shit snowball? Oh, yeah, yeah. also, uh, he and fucking, uh, yeah, that's that's a good setup for this, uh, is fucking he and Loki have been all real cool on Twitter lately, posting about how, oh, I'm not gonna wear a mask. It's my health, why can you, you, you don't take care of yourself, I take care of myself, I don't respect my boundaries, freaking snowflakes. Yeah, and, and Loki definitely took the tack of, like, you know fucking freedom of speech and freedom of choice and you're the you're the real like you're the real oppressors by trying to make me do a thing but which you know was already stupid and dumb as fuck and he got called out for it by a ton of people uh including the hangman yep but yeah austin aries as as y'all correctly observed he definitely he took a different tactic of well None of you people eat healthy. You people do dumb shit, so you're going to fucking judge me? I'm a good vegan. Which, it's great, but also your veganism doesn't affect me and my ability to eat shitty food all the time, including a stack of cookies that's off camera. 
Um, it doesn't mean that I'm going to infect you with anything. And then, yeah, he's... But also on this, he, this he's been having a real normal one before all of this, just talking about, like, people falsely accusing him of shit and, like, being real dismissive of, of hashtag speaking out. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, as we, as we point out, this all kind of converged together today in a real special tweet. Mm-hmm. Which I am now pulling up. Yeah, it's, uh, boy howdy, if you didn't think he could show his ass anymore, he just flat out bent it over and showed that he can indeed pull the pants down all the way. Sorry, I, I was just, I pulled it up, I thought I pulled it up, but then I pulled up the his first one about not wearing a mask. That was stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, here's this this tweet. So he posted something like that. Um, <clears throat> he got a reply. Sorry, Twitter's loading here. Uh, he got a reply saying, uh, you had someone's girlfriend kiss your nuts because you thought, quote, lol, what a rib. You're a creepy bastard. Stop being weird. Mm-hmm. Austin Aries responds, a rib? No, I was proving a point and teaching a lesson, and it was quite effective. I tell the story in my ep- EP1 at B Transparency, the Transparency Report, which I guess is some kind of podcast? The Transparency Podcast, it looks like. I think this might be his new podcast that he started about... What? Which is weird because I'm looking at it right now because you mentioned it. It has 39 followers on Twitter, which is... About a tenth of the followers I have on Twitter, so that's saying something because I'm a nobody. Yeah, well, I'm a, to be fair, I'm, though, I have even less followers you than you, and that's New like a fifth of mine. Yeah, and he's not. It's not following anyone. Its profile just says hashtag be transparency, and it hasn't tweeted shit. Sure. So what the fuck is it like a? What's he gonna do? What's the play here, Austin? I mean, the, the I know play that... here just seems to be admitting to a crime. Yeah, apparently it's just like I explained it in my podcast that isn't going to ever come out because it basically says I uh, forced a girl to do a thing that is sexual assault. Earlier today, as well, he was saying that he was going to go on TMZ to talk about wearing a mask, and then Dave Meltzer roasted him for it. <laughs> And apparently and, he did go on uh, TMZ, and oh, he'll no. talk about he'll talk more on. Uh, oh yeah, I expressed some reservations because of yeah. Here's the tweet that he posted about it. I appreciate uh, Charlie Cotton from TMZ inviting me to talk, talk about the, the mass debate. I expressed some reservations because of the speaking out allegations I've yet to fully squash publicly. I'll do that on B Transparency. I still hope we get to talk. To They're me, this cool also sounds like he's maybe trying to make a desperate cash grab for, like, podcast ad money. Yes. <laughs> no, like, 100%. That's what he's doing. Like, it's just him basically saying, what, what's the one thing I can monetize of myself? Oh, I'm a controversial dumbass. Let me get, let me get those MeUndies ads. Yeah. Apparently, he's also... 
the director of the athletic performance division of stem cell therapy thing? Oh, great. This seems like a scam. <laughs> yep. Either that or it's some, like, country that is in what we might call developing status that probably has a laboratory somewhere that would like to sell treatments and they need a celebrity to sponsor them and say, hey, this is good shit, pal. They have a phone number that I'm considering calling. Do it, you coward. Oh, my God. I'm going to dial one eight 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 five six seven biox to see if I could talk to someone a bioaccelerator. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to think off the top of my head if there is any chance that an 888 number could actually be a toll call. So, It's toll free. Okay. Thank you for calling at Bike Accelerator. For English, press 1. We already have a clue here. Wow, I can't believe it's just Jim Spanfelder. Hello, you've reached Milo with Bio Accelerator Stem Cell Clinic. I'm sorry I cannot take your call right now, but please do leave. Okay, I'm not going to do that. That's an actual... That's an act. That's weird, though, that it just sends you to an actual person's voicemail. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so it sounds like it's a Central American or South American uh, company, based on the accent there, if we were to assume. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, um... I have nothing to add there other than, oh boy, yeah. they just apparently need somebody. He probably wants some easy stem cell treatments injected in his ass, and uh, he wants to get money to help try and convince other people to do the same. I mean, really, who doesn't want easy stem cell treatments? I mean, John Morrison was doing the same for a while. Yeah, Ray Mysterio has been doing it. Yeah. This is a good time for me to rant about how, like, the U.S. actually has some pretty stupid standards on this stuff, but not the time, not the place. Yeah, not the time, not the place. You're you're absolutely correct. But also, fuck this weird company, and especially fuck that asshole. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Austin Aries is a goddamn piece of shit. Austin Aries is actually the fucking worst. Yeah. He wants to talk about, like, removing, you know, you're trying to remove stuff from my cart, or me remove stuff from your cart. It's like, dude, this is not at all what anybody is talking about with this stuff. Learn what how viruses fucking work. It has nothing to do with diet. You are not going to make yourself vegan strong and get yourself out of COVID. Yeah. I cannot, I cannot find where this company is based but from everything i've looked at yeah you definitely seem right this definitely seems like they're in south america i mean i think the one john morrison worked with was in chile if i'm not mistaken so it's probably somewhere around there like and i think his was mildly reputable if i was to trust it but i mean you know take that with a grain of salt because who knows in this world in a lot of questions with all this but nothing there is nothing that is questionable about the fact that Austin Aries can fucking die yeah exactly like just get out of the business if nothing else we don't need to hear you I don't want to hear you rusoing yourself through podcasts or anything that just get out you bring nothing good to this to this shit like we have long past moved past you like fuck off man just fuck off nobody wants to see you 
At least Cornette and Russo have stories. You have nothing. Yeah. Okay, so apparently their corporate offices are in, in Phoenix. Okay. Th- their product development lab is in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. Huh. And their treatment center is in Columbia. Okay, there we go. There, there like, we go. Uh, you'll love, I mean, that makes sense also. Because, again, like you can't do that shit in the U.S. Hey, it's a Medellin. Just like that entourage shit. <laughs> Uh, must be very business friendly, aka low taxes. I think now's a good time to segue into uh, our main story. Yeah, I mean that's it for that. Uh, you know, we could talk a little bit about dynamite as the build up to the lead story here. So, yeah, I really am. Did I mention two things I liked about dynamite? Or do you mention that off the air? We mentioned that off the air. Okay, so yeah. I forget one of the things I really liked about Dynamite. I'm just going to point out the main event had a really good finish. Best yeah. friends challenging Hangman Page and Kenny Omega for the championships. You knew how this was probably going to go. And indeed, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page retained, as you would expect, because best friends are just kind of there to ride out their careers, I think, at this point. Um, they've been around for ages, and they kind of know they're not going to mount anything, and they're kind of cool with it. That's my assumption. Happy to when- be here. Yeah, exactly. Happy to be here. Thank God Chuck Taylor is still alive and hasn't been killed by one of the kids he tormented when he was younger. Um, there will come a day. There will come a day. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, the finish after that. So this whole time FDR was watching from, you know, just by the commentary. and hey, pulled up some lawn chairs. Yep, yeah, hey, we're drinking beers. They're having a good time. Like good old Southern boys just watching a match, scouting their opponents, stuff like that. So they come down to congratulate and share a beer with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Now, we both know, or we all know, I should say. I don't want to say both for two people alongside me. Um, Kenny Omega doesn't drink. Yep. We also know that Hangman Page really fucking drinks. So, so you can see how it kind of goes. Yeah. So, you know, Hangman accepts the beer. Kenny kind of takes it and then doesn't. Kind of starts throwing shade a little bit towards FTR's way. And then the Young Bucks come out. And weird, we now have, between the tag champions, two trios facing each other. The original Elite and FTR with Hangman Page. And if you had told me that this was actually going to be a trios combination, FTR and Hangman Page, I would have been very surprised and I wouldn't have known how much I actually want this to happen. Yeah, no, it's kind of awesome, though. Yeah, now I want it more than anything. Yeah, because now FTR has a personality to go with them. Like, they're incredible wrestlers, and now they have probably the most personable wrestler on the roster who's the most over with fans in Hangman Page, who's probably going to ally with them. Yeah. That's just just cool shit, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm super into it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I'm trying to think what it was before then. I'm going to actually have to look at my rankings. Yeah, I'll say, just just for me, like, I I really enjoyed night one of Fighter Fest. Like, I yeah, thought that all the matches were very good. I thought that the opening match, the, mm-hmm. the opening tag between Luchasaurus and, and Jungle Boy versus MJF and Wardlow was very good. I think yep. that might have been Wardlow's best match. 
It was. Uh, I thought that the women's match was surprisingly good. Also Penelope Ford's best match. Yeah, and yeah, Penelope looked very good. Mm-hmm. I definitely enjoyed Chris Jericho being a dumbass. Yep. Mm-hmm. I liked Private Private Party is the best that they've looked in a fucking while. They looked amazing. I was yeah, like all they in for that definitely match. they have definitely shook shook off that ring rust that they've had the past few times they've been on. Yeah, and Santana Ortiz are like one of the best teams you could work with to kind of shake off ring rust and put on a good yep. match because those those two teams have gone at it time and time again. And that was fantastic. Um, I guess the only thing I was going to mention, what's, what he already mentioned, is that Mox is obviously not going to make the main event next week. Yeah. And then Cody Hager was fine. Worst match of the card. Yeah. Had some had some moments, though. Definitely yes. had some good moments. Yeah. But otherwise, it's fine. And they're just going to continue to play this whole gimmick of Cody is actually a heel. Yeah. Because he distracted and Dustin came out and interfered with Jake, but... Hey, they're the good guys, so it's okay, right? No. No, it's not. Yeah. Now they dicks, though. Then now they complete dicks, and where is this going? We don't know yet, but it's probably setting up something to where Face can probably take the belt off Cody. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, as we said, uh, the main event was, was very good. But it involved a person... That I think that we need to have a conversation about. Yeah, so let's I've fucking kinda... go. Let's let's go out get get sued and be legends. So I kind of need to back up a little bit on this one because we, we've joked a little bit over the m- months, and it has been months. You've probably heard it occasionally if you've been listening all this time over the podcast. Stuff like Riho's Pizzeria or What's Wrong with Kenny. And, you know, Kenny and Riho, or Riho and the Beautiful Wife, and things of that nature. Things that are just little innocent jokes. Um, but there's a legitimate question that needs to be asked there. And to be clear, this is, this is all speculative. This is, we are not saying anything conclusively. We are not saying anything, really. This is just simply, hey, we're spitballing here. Make of this what you will. Yep. yep. And that's the Do thing not is, sue us. I, I will fully admit that I have absolutely no solid evidence to back any of this up. This is entirely speculation. This is entirely me going really far with asking a question that I can only find one reasonable and very uncomfortable conclusion to and i hope to god i'm wrong yeah and we bring this up not because we want to we want to be right about this we're not fucking jim Cornette, where like we need to be correct about this because it would then fucking justify our, our entire worldview nothing would make me happier than being wrong about this because then i could take a deep breath and start to enjoy um certain matches again but to get into this i want to take a step back and the original point in which I started asking this question surrounded around the first major blow to AEW, which was the departure of Kylie Ray. If you remember, I think it was All Out, if I'm not mistaken, and the, the scrum afterwards. It was one of the scrums a few months after Double or Nothing. Yes, I believe it was All Out. Where Tony Khan was asked, why haven't we seen Kylie Ray recently? The assumption from a lot of people then at that point was that she had been concussed. 
and mm-hmm. just or otherwise broken something during her double or nothing match and needed time to mend. Tony had then revealed no. She called his office. They had had a conversation. They decided it was best if that she asked she asked for a release, and they decided to be in her best interest to give it to her. And no hard feelings either side, but she's no longer with AEW. Which, that's huge. She was their best baby face at that point. Yeah. And one might say they haven't actually gotten a suitable baby face replacement of her caliber. She was like Bailey if Bailey was actually much more genuine, which is weird to say, but that's the kind of you know, like joy and playfulness. She could have been a top tier face. I remember when years. she signed, it was considered to be a really big get. Yeah, it was. And she had a phenomenal entrance. Everybody absolutely adored her at Double or Nothing. Which to me then, as soon as it was announced, I think everybody reacted and saying, this is weird. Why would she give up working for the number two company in AEW? And at that point, and at this point still, it is the number two company in North America. Yeah. If and not was- the world. And it was especially confusing considering that, yeah, like, the only information that we had for basically, like, three or four months was that, you know, was Tony Khan saying, yep, she's decided to, to quit, uh, this, and it was amicable. Yep, exactly. And then she finally comments on it uh, back in November of 2019 mm-hmm. and doesn't really say anything. All she, she says is that nobody made me leave, but, like, you know, says, like, the quote here is, like, I needed to get my mind, body, and soul right with God. I wish I yes. had the answers, but the truth is I don't. We all go through obstacles in life, and we may want the answers, but we don't need them. It's God's plan, and he has shown me what's truly important in life and to find a blessing in every moment because in the blink of an eye, everything can be gone. Like, not doesn't say anything. No. So, again, I'm going to put a caveat right here and say, maybe she just didn't feel right working for a promotion the size of AEW. Maybe there was something there that just made her uncomfortable in terms of, like, she wasn't ready to be a top star and have all the attention on her. After yeah, all, I remember stage fright was considered to be a very big thing. Mm-hmm. And to be perfectly real, as I mentioned the Bailey comparison earlier, if you go to any NXT Live event in the time that Bailey was there... You would find no creepier comments than all the men in the crowd who comment on how much they wanted to absolutely pound Bailey. Oh, God, mm-hmm. I forgot about all that. Yeah, people would get real creepy. Every NXT event I went to, there was always at least one guy, if not a couple guys, who would mention that. And dead-ass serious about that. It is. It was the fucking worst thing. So she might have gotten some of that. Maybe that's what drove her off because she didn't want to have to be dealing with that. She'd rather go to a smaller pond and not have to deal with as much and still wrestle to her craft and have fun. Yeah, which and to be clear, like, you know, she's now she's now with impact where like yep. she can very much be that like bigger fish in a small pond. Right. And to be clear, the other worry that we had when she put that statement out was get right with God, my first thought was, is there a phobia or bigotry going on here? And my concern was with, like, Nyla Rose or something of that sort. I will completely dispel that right now and say, no, she and Nyla Rose are very close still. They have tweeted each other constantly. Nyla is actually giving advice to Kylie about some things she had mentioned on Twitter just a week or two back. So um, there is nothing there that would imply to me that there's actual bigotry at work. True. So 
That said, that alone, if you take that at face value, it could just be, again, just was uncomfortable in AEW, uncomfortable taking that type of stage. But then there's the issue of the weakest division in AEW, and we've commented on it since the beginning of AEW itself, is easily the women's division. It is indeed. I will go to the rankings right now and say that even if you, you even if you bring in like yeah, Yuka Sakazaki can't compete right now because she's in Japan. She's trapped there. She can't she, fly. Yeah, she can't fly. And <laughs> Bea Priestley, <laughs> trapped in the UK. I like that dig. <laughs> Bea Priestley, trapped in the UK, also kind of a problem. with. Yeah, that's fine. You can stay there. Yeah, exactly. I don't know where Sadie Gibbs is, but she also was a bit of a drama problem. Shoka Nakajima. I go down this whole list. Um, awesome Kong. Obviously that got injured. Castlevania lady. I mean, uh, I, know that she's, I know she's French, so she's probably there, but what was her name again? Uh, Shana. She is in Portugal or France right now, somewhere in there, and she also can't travel. Mm. So she's spending time with her boyfriend, just chilling there, waiting for another chance to get back to the U.S. So you have a bunch of people distant who can't join in, and what's left is very, very slim pickings. Like, if I take all the active people, I'm left with, like, Hikarashita. Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, who's injured, Abaddon, brand new, Chris Statlander, Big Soul, Penelope Ford, and then I just go into a bunch of jobbers. Like, I named six people there that are active and not injured. One of whom has only had two matches. That is a dire, dire roster. You cannot have that bad a situation and have... Any sort of roster growth, any sort of feuds that are it's more than just one storyline in the show. And that's weird to me because, again, this is where the gears start turning. At the time AEW was fresh, there was a lot of talent out there available to be signed. They were available to be negotiated with. Sasha I know, Banks. Just look at the people that were in that women's battle royal that wound up not signing. Right. Mercedes Martinez was in the Women's Battle Royal. She is now in NXT. You know, Um, Tennille Dashwood. um... Tennille Dashwood, who at the beginning of AEW was a free agent and is now signed with Impact instead. You know, ODB and Jazz never signed. Yeah, which I wouldn't expect them. They're both older. I would not expect them to be considered like top talents to sign, but still. Yeah. Very strange. It does make you wonder. It does, and there's a lot of names like that that go through. And it's a case of, like, there's all these options for women. And, again, to get back to it, Sasha Banks was having issues with both her contract and not being happy with her status in WWE. They could have potentially talked to her and maybe negotiated over and have Mercedes KV over on AEW. None of this. None of this hand out and again one more caveat it could have just been bad contract negotiations you know tony khan has been raked over the coals at times about how he's kind of shit about reaching out to some wrestlers like cm punk has gone on the record of saying that you know constantly shitting on the way that tony khan tries to negotiate contracts with people and whether it's true or not we don't know we are not in those rooms we can't talk to that but Mm -hmm. it is extremely odd to me that when you have this many talents you could potentially sign, 
and you're you can't even get any of them if even like one or two to come over to me that raises a red flag and it makes me wonder what's the problem with the women's division why doesn't anybody want to take a chance and make themselves even in a situation where they could be like the christian of aew where they are they were a small fish in a much bigger pond they drop down they become a big fish in a smaller pond and can then hop wherever they want to go make themselves superstars like he did with impact back in the day jumping back to WB at a much higher status, albeit still becoming a jobber in ECW, basically, to the stars. It's Christian. Yeah. Still better (laughs) than a blue dot. Yeah, exactly. So, to me, I started thinking about this, and I started running through my gears, like, what could all be the issues? And the unshakable part of this, the one thing that I have not been able to shake out of my head... And the problem through all of it is the man who's basically running their women's division right now. And that man is Kenny Omega. Now, to me, Kenny Omega is a very mysterious man. He does not tweet much. He does not talk much. For a time, on some of the AEW Unrestricted podcasts... There were times where both Tony Schiavone and Aubrey Edwards would admit they don't know where he lives. Which you would think would be Winnipeg or something, but it's not. It turns out they found out, they did some research, he lives in Florida. But nobody knew that for a while. Because he kind of keeps secret about that stuff. Pretty weird. It's a little weird, and again, people are entitled to their privacy. They're completely entitled to their privacy, but it's also weird to me... When the guy running your division that keeps very secret to himself hasn't said much of anything about the women's division and suddenly a bunch of women he could have been signing convincing come over have basically said no for unspecified reasons and just signed elsewhere, be it NXT taking a chance there, be it Impact, where there really is no growth potential other than being a big fish in a small pond. Yeah. And there's a lot of those in their knockouts division. There's a lot of people that AEW should have signed. I mean, I could even go looking at, like, Sue Young, who would be fantastic, but they got Abaddon instead, so, you know, whatever. But yeah. there's all this opportunity, and yet at the top there, Kenny is not able to develop a division out of anyone? Is not able to attract anybody over here to get more than like a situation now where you have five women? That seems mysterious to me. And let's also remember, not to you know, to bring it back to right. the stuff that we talked about before, there was that tweet from uh from Kylie Ray a couple weeks ago, which, you know, granted, again, to be very clear. We have no idea what it's about. She isn't saying, and we have no fucking mm-hmm. right to ask. It is right. not our fucking place to do that. But right. she did tweet out in response to uh, someone who I believe was one of it was one of the uh, the people that that lobbied accusations against. Uh, who was it? I don't even remember. Oh, I don't remember off my head. It was. I thought I recalled it being replied to, oh, what's her name? Um, little Papa Pump, basically. 
Yeah, you, you could be right. The point is, it was a reply to, to someone posting essentially about how, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are still not ready to tell their own story and, like, come mm-hmm. forward and, like, are still can't, you know, can't bring themselves to, to fucking, you know, deal with what happened to them. Right. And Kylie quote tweeted it with a response that made it pretty clear that she's in a similar boat that she has had some things in her past that have happened to her that she's not ready to talk about yet right and to go back to, i think this was a quote tweet in reply to something similar that jordan grace was saying remember there's a lot of women out there who still cannot be brave enough to talk about their accusations which again i will point out jordan grace is a great tie into all this too because she is somebody that could have very easily signed with AEW. Let's not forget. All In was kind of the testing ground for a lot of the people who then later got signed right to AEW. That was kind of Cody's testing ground for everybody. Now, granted, in terms of women, um, you know, one was on the way out. I forget which one of the, um, the beautiful people was in that match, but she was basically nearly retired and was just there to kind of have a good final send off. Um, but then there was also Chelsea green who went to NXT. We know that obviously Zach Ryder's girlfriend uh, might be, yeah, might be fiance. Now I don't know. Fiance. Yeah. Okay. Tessa, um, Tessa Blanchard, Britt Baker, Chelsea green and Madison rain. Right. Which Tessa Blanchard, we also know her issues and she went elsewhere anyways. So they got Britt Baker out of all that. And, that's it. Out of all the guys they signed off of what happened at all in and all the talents they scouted. And it's also curious to me that Jordan Grace, who's one of the most open about the fact that there is a lot of creeps in the industry and has done where she can, where it's safe to call people out on that, goes and competes in a battle royale with nothing but men in it otherwise, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Goes toe to toe with Brian Cage, and yeah, she doesn't sign either. Weird to me. This is very suspicious at this point. Mm-hmm. And so, when you talk about someone like Jordan Grace, who knows about allegations, Kylie Rayo says she has unwritten, untold stories, and then you just start to look at all everything how it ties together. You, you start to think about. Somebody AEW has to be problematic for this many women not to sign. It has to be someone who works regularly with the women. And then I just look at Kenny Omega, the secretive guy who not only kind of has a secretive life, he's shown in the past that he doesn't exactly have the best judgment when it comes to who he is friends with, who he relates to, and how he handles situations openly and publicly when called out. I will say that when he organized what eventually became what we now know as Fighter Fest, but back then was CEO X New Japan Pro Wrestling, he may have had a dark match at the very beginning that featured a sexual predator, a confirmed sexual predator competing, who was allegedly just one of the guys picked out of the people up, set up the ring, and have a match. When confronted about this by 
several women on Twitter, and I am working from memory here. I'm not going to pull up exact tweets because this was years ago at this point, and it's hard yes, enough to find is, stuff. This is 2017, I believe. I believe that's correct. But when called out about this from several women, he basically took it to the tone of, well, great. I didn't know. I didn't know. I guess I'll never book anyone like that again. I guess I'll bet everybody else will never have anybody like that set up again for these events. He took a very snotty, dismissive attitude of like, well, I guess I will never do that again because I guess I'm always wrong. It's 2018. Sorry. 2018. But again, still a very weird attitude to be taken about something like that where all you'd simply say was, I didn't know. I should have done better research. I'm sorry. Yeah. He Not got attitude he took. very defensive. He yes, got incredibly it, defensive about this. And it's especially weird when... You know, this wasn't just when ultimately it and maybe it does make sense that he got so defensive about it when it then come to find out that actually, no, this wasn't just like some random person that they decided to put in here. Like this guy is the person, basically the person they rented the ring from. Which then is super suspicious because he should know about that. And, you know, it's not like. Hell, we have easily found information about Chase and Rance when we weren't even necessarily looking for info on Chase and Rance. Mm-hmm. Precisely. And to credit, you, you found that great information while researching something else for uh, a certain other podcast that hopefully will come out in the near future. Mm-hmm. But very suspicious that his response was that. So that was one of the other things that really struck me as odd because... He has been very defensive in weird ways when called out about these sort of things. Like, he doesn't like to talk about him. He doesn't like to directly deal with him. And again, caveat, he just might be bad at dealing with conflict. But he's always been bad like that. And he doesn't he doesn't ever directly just flat out say, I'm sorry, I screwed up. And it's always a case of, like, at best, it's like, well, I put the feeler out there and I made y'all fall for the bait. Which, yeah. not a good look any, yep. either. He did that a couple days ago for something else that I still can't figure out what the hell it was about. Um, then Not everything is a troll, Kenny. Yeah, not everything can be a troll. Then there gets to be a relationship he has that really makes me worry a bit more. Because it might indicate the kind of people he's friends with and the kind of people he's maybe relates to let's say and this is totally character witness type situation but from my connections um from league of heels which is a pax based wrestling quote unquote organization that just plays video games and pretends to do a lot of dramatic wrestling stuff a lot of broken um, bottles a lot of broken sugar bottles for sure um there is one guy there that kenny was very close with that he had a faction he was going to start working with for quite a bit called Matt Kahn. Matt Kahn, I forget the exact name of his business. I will pull that up here as we talk about that. But Matt Kahn had a bunch of Japanese, um, let's see, he's CEO of Midboss, okay, and he created GamerX, the convention. Um, I vaguely remember this guy. Yes. He worked with um, Suda51 and Sweary65, to create a faction along with Mega Ran that Kenny Omega sort of by video would head up. And isn't he also, and isn't he also the maker, the writer of uh, 2064 Random X, uh, Read Only Memories? That is correct. He is indeed. Which, God um, damn, I used to love that game. Yep. 
So Kenny and Macon are tight. I can confirm this. They were very much in his friends list. I see I've Kenny at Omega added me one time, or Macon added me one time, and I followed from there to see that he and Kenny Omega play games a lot together. Um, or at least they did. I don't know anymore. I don't go on PSN Network. But he's also well known for at Midboss hiring LGBT um, people, basically, who are in statuses where they are basically vulnerable. And then using that vulnerability to abuse them, to mistreat them, to make them work long hours and crunch unnecessarily. And basically, it was heavy emotional abuse that he then blamed on his ill and dying boyfriend. Which was both disgusting and completely unnecessary. He was basically forced out, if I'm not mistaken, of basically running GamerX. And I actually don't think GamerX may run anymore. I'm not sure. I cannot remember if they I just think, ran out of funding. Or... I think that is what happened is, yeah, like he was forced out and then they it shut down pretty much mm-hmm. shortly thereafter. Or they haven't yep. done one since. I believe Midboss still continues to run, but um, they've had a few changeovers there. He's completely gone. And they continue to make games. But, yeah, the allegations of sexual abuse, underpaying workers, and workplace harassment, to be clear with what I'm seeing on Wikipedia here, which is akin to everything I've seen, basically a bunch of very messed up stories about how absolutely wretched he could be. This is a friend of Kenny Omega's. It's someone Kenny Omega continues to be a friend of. And Matt Kahn, when diffusing a lot of his issues used a lot of the similar tactics that Kenny Omega did of kind of pissy making himself out to be a victim here. Well, I guess I'll never do that again. And I just, this is another red flag to me. There is nothing I can say that proves Kenny Omega did anything because of this. But I can prove it as the kind of person Kenny Omega associates with. And you take a secretive guy like this who runs the women's division for AW that very few women have signed on to and want to work with. And who really just doesn't handle this sort of situation well. And I gotta ask a question here that I really dance around. I really hate to ask it because I don't want it to be true. Did Kenny Omega do something to Kylie Ray to make her uncomfortable and make her not want to work at AEW? And that there is a whisper network going around that you do not work with Kenny Omega, but you also don't tell on him because he is kind of the biggest and best wrestler in North American wrestling. Yeah. At least I mean, certainly not in WWE. I mean, because they, uh, again, that is the sad truth here is that, like, he is the best bout machine. Like, mm-hmm. he has a whole bunch of people in his corner, whether it's, like, you know, the whether it's the rest of the elite, whether it's, you know, Tony Khan, whether it's fucking Dave Meltzer, speaking of people that have just, like, completely dropped the ball with all this shit and the fact that mm-hmm. he will say absolutely nothing about fucking Will Ospreay. Yep, which that's yep. another thing. It's like, Will Ospreay has gotten away with basically blacklisting people who called out his friend for sexual abuse allegations. Yeah. Namely Pollyanna. And... Because of his stature as one of the best wrestlers in the world, which I backed up last year, 
know, I fought very heavily for him to be the best wrestler of 2019. I still believe he was, but as it turns out, he also has such a stature on the wrestling world that he's basically become untouchable. Like, anybody who tries to call him out either gets it brushed aside or gets blacklisted. And that hell, fear... Will Ospreay mm-hmm. will probably survive this. Will Ospreay will probably survive this. Yep. Japan if doesn't anybody... care. Yeah, Japan doesn't give a shit, unfortunately. like, And I don't mean to be cynical about that, but Japan has proven time and time again that if there's somebody with controversy in North America or elsewhere outside of Japan, they will gladly bring them in and have them reenact that controversy in Japan or otherwise sweep it under the rug and let them compete. Yeah, how, like how they basically they take the strategy of, well, so long as you don't do it here. Yeah, exactly. You know, they can... The most they'll let them do is like push around fans. I don't even think they'll let them do that anymore as we found out with the girls of destiny. But that's a whole different topic for a whole different podcast, a whole different year. Hmm. But Kenny has been protected for many years because he lived in Japan. Because And that was part of his excuse for, you know, why he was like, you can't blame me for this Chase and Rance thing. It's like, well, I live in Japan. I don't know. Like, I'm not connected to anybody here. How could I know? And like... You know, in in spite of, like, how shitty his response was regardless and how, again, fucking woe is me, like, like well, I guess I'm just not going to do anything ever again. Like, mm-hmm. you know, as, as fucking petty and childish as his response was, there was a part where you could kind of believe that and see that plausible deniability of, well, yeah, he lives in Japan. How is he going to know? Right. Yeah. And he will use that masterfully to his benefit, I think, to plead the fifth even if he really did know even if he didn't we have no way to tell for sure without picking his brain or finding some receipt that is gone on that has gone hidden thus far but then you start to think about like he did go to japan for a long time and some of the stuff he worked with there like i'm not saying he did anything creepy there but you could have plenty of questions of the timing of that like Having to deal with the abuse of one, uh, whatever the hell Hugh Morris's real name is, I forget. Bill DeMott. Bill DeMott, thank you. And basically moving to Japan to work for DDT Pro and a couple other organizations, including basically working with a 13-year-old Riho as part of a trios and Emi Sakura of, I believe then it was Ice Ribbon, but now and then it's... Um, Oh, what is this? Of course I'm forgetting these names right as we're trying to bring up these so I don't like going into long form on this stuff. Um, yeah, let's see. It's, um, sorry about that. Agato Move, that's what it's called, is her current organization. And to me, it it's not weird necessarily that a guy works with women that are young, but to follow him throughout his career... And to be constantly working with them in such a way, everybody knows about the clip where he works with a nine-year-old, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it or problematic. And especially that seems like it's very within the humor of DDT. Yeah, absolutely. But I do find it also weird that Riho has followed him through this entire career as well. And it's kind of become... I don't want to say plausible deniability, but I also think that's a bit weird. That from 13 to where she's now, like, 
frick, I forget exactly how old she is now. 22, but it's like I believe. 22, I believe. Yeah, 22 or 23. So for 10 years, basically, she has become his second. After basically Kota Bushi stopped being his second. And I think that's I remember strange. my very first question when I found out that he might be dating Riho was... Wait, didn't he know Riho is a child and isn't... He indeed knew Riho is a child. I did the math on this when he first held the trio's belts. And I'd say when he held a championship with Riho. He could have known her well before then. Because I believe she was wrestling um, as early as when she was like 9 or 10. Mm-hmm. Or maybe 12 at the latest. But he held the championship and she was 13. And that is no joke. The math, I mean, at worst, I'm off and it's 14, but that's still underage. Yeah. There is, and I have no evidence to back this up, so this is honestly me supposing more things. There is a lot of potential for there to be grooming there. And basically making someone very submissive to his agenda and just following him around. And there has been evidence of that before. If you think about the fact that he basically said that if he had wanted him to come along to AEW, he could have invited Kota Ibushi. And Kota Ibushi would have dropped all his dreams to follow Kenny Omega. That struck me as especially weird to say. And again, it is... I remember at the time just thinking, eh, that's a kayfabe, golden lovers kind of statement... Mm-hmm. But within the grander context, yeah. And I find it very genuine when he says that. And at the time he's saying that, he basically breaks down and actually cries. Which, I mean, none of us ever see Kenny cry. Which mm-hmm. is also kind of weird. So, none of this necessarily has any truth that could say anything about this. But here's what I am viewing through all of this. Is that I am seeing nepotism in the way that he he's trying to maybe bring or maybe nothing he is trying to bring joshi wrestling to north america which is great fantastic yeah but he's not brought much in the way there just a couple friends of riho and riho herself there hasn't been enough like shoko nakajima has barely shown up and it's just been otherwise riho um yuka sakazaki and emi sakura who is basically their trainer and who oh sorry and hikaru shida Hikarushita, yes, absolutely. And for all I know, Hikarushita could be the wild card here. Um, but there's nothing here to indicate that. Like, She's been her own person for a while, and she's actually been um, pretty well-known in Japan otherwise. So, And she's also very obsessed with America. So that's probably safe and fine. What doesn't seem safe and fine to me is that you have, again, all this talent... And this guy who's a little bit problematic in the center of all of it. And very mysterious. So again, it comes back to that question. He may have groomed children. He may have done inappropriate stuff that he's gotten away with because nobody said anything because he's too damn popular. And it's also hard to say because we could look at this and, you know, remember remember the shit that we've talked about with Joey Ryan. Like, Mm -hmm. the thing that we said about him last week is, you know... Like, people like this that are serial abusers, that are serial, like, that serially do shit like this, they always make sure that they have a Candice LeRae. 
they always make sure that they have a character witness. Yep. And I think Riho is that person. Hikarshida is possibly that person as well. There's going to be a couple people who always serve as that for Kenny. Hell, I think the Bucks and Cody are that. Yes. Nakazawa, even. And Nakazawa worries me as well, because I was thinking about this too. He could potentially be someone Kenny is protecting. We don't know much about Michael Nakazawa either. I don't think he is, but there's a possibility he could be potentially in light a of behind the, the Joey scenes. Ryan stuff, Nakazawa's baby oil stuff, and all that. Baby really oil and taking me... out a jockstrap and putting it on people's faces and perverse things like that. Yeah, really makes me rethink a lot of it. Hmm. And I guess the main thing here is like I can joke about this stuff, you know, and be very secretive about it because it obviously is all without repeatedly saying that we have no evidence on this, it is slander. Until there's actual proof out there, somebody steps forward and says, no, this really did happen. This is essentially slander. Yeah, which is why, once again, to be very clear, we are not saying that any of the things that we are saying tonight are true. Mm -hmm. What I am saying is, as we kind of do go on hiatus, I want to stress this as much as I can, that I am no longer comfortable talking about this in a joking way and even if it is completely untrue and again i hope to god it is i don't think it's something we can joke about anymore given that we have had a bunch of people who have made careers out of joking about sexual assault now who have turned out to be actual sexual predators yep yeah this is not okay to joke about anymore it's something we should all be raising an eyebrow towards and i don't mean to tell you that you should not like kenny omega I don't mean to tell you that you should not think he is one of the best wrestlers in the world, because he is. But I am saying that when you look at the state of AEW, you look at their women's division, and you look at something that could possibly sink them or cause them trouble in the future, beyond coronavirus and their tepid, awful response to that, I think you really need to keep an eye out and an open mind on Kenny Omega, because I think he could be one of the unnamed people out there who nobody wants to talk about because they're scared to death of what he could actually do to their careers and how much he could hurt them. Especially now that Kenny Omega is in a high-up position in the second largest wrestling company in America. He is an executive vice president, and all the people who would protect him are also executive vice presidents. Yeah. The only person who maybe would stand against him out of his close friends would be Hangman Page, and he is not an executive vice president. Hangman doesn't have any power, Hangman. In fact, one could argue, Hangman has a lot to lose. Mm -hmm. The only person who could really stand up against him and decide that this is not okay anymore is one of the cons. Likely Tony, possibly Shad. I I was going to say more likely Shad because Shad's just purely the money. Right. And that's why I want to include him on that too because he doesn't get himself involved in the business as much, but if it's something where... Tony has got rose-tinted glasses on. Shad could step and say, no, this is not okay. And I would believe he could get away with that and force Tony's hand. Mm -hmm. But again, keep an open mind and keep an eye out that potentially some of these stories that are being told about people out there in industry, Kylie Ray might be talking about Kenny Omega. Kylie Ray may have been hurt by Kenny Omega in some way or form. Kenny Omega may not be the silly guy you think he is. And this could be true for a lot of people in the industry as well that we've not heard stories from yet. But just please keep in mind that your heroes, 
may have problems and please keep your mind open and be ready for when they do and be ready to believe the stories of their victims. Yeah. And just and, to be clear, like this is not us wanting to fucking shit on Kenny Omega. This is not us trying to like fucking start some shit and like, you know, say like, Oh fuck this guy. You should fucking hate this guy. Like, no, no we are all people that genuinely think that Kenny Omega is a fantastic wrestler. Yeah, the, he but is. the point is that this is not just about, this isn't about Kenny Omega, even himself. This is about mm-hmm. the fact that this is a culture. Yes. And that if you allow, if just as we have fucking seen, if you allow this to happen, if you allow this to continue under the surface, it will not only propagate, it will just completely fucking tear apart this industry. And that is what we have seen is that like, it is Kenny, like the things that we have accused, you know, that we are suggesting that maybe Kenny Omega could be implicated in tonight in addition to all the other things that we have seen in the past couple of weeks, they're all shit that has been able to, to, that people have been able to get away with just because of the fact that people have been silent for so fucking long, that people have been not wanting to rock the boat, that people have been fucking scared. And we've, as we've seen with the Will Ospreay shit, they have every right to be because these people actually have power and these people can actually fucking close the gate on you and destroy your career destroy what any chance you had of fucking you know creating something for yourself it's not this is not to say that like kenny omega himself is a problem and we have the evidence that kenny omega has done terrible horrible things this is to say that as we've seen in the past couple weeks this could be anyone it could be the next person that gets blown up could be literally anyone in this industry and we need to be ready for that. And we need to be prepared for that. And we need to be able to accept that. And to that regard, I'd say if there's anything else other than keeping an open mind, please do not be afraid to politely but reasonably, or slightly reasonably nothing, be, do not be afraid, if events like this arise, to challenge your heroes, to call them out, to make them respond in these situations. Because I think we've seen with Kenny Omega, when he's pushed, he will fold and he needs to learn from this. He needs to grow from this. And if we take the assumption, the stance of, hey, no, he's a good wrestler. He's a nice guy. You know, we we need to protect him. You're only doing him a favor and you're hurting everybody he could potentially have victimized. So I just, again, do not be afraid to challenge on these assertions and don't be afraid for a blowback like the shittiness Kenny has shown in the past. He has to grow and he has to be challenged where necessary. So that's really my piece on it. I just, I, I can't joke about that anymore. So I might as well get it out there and say, this has been something brewing in my head for, um, since all out and that revelation of that reveal that Kylie Ray asked for a release because we'd been asking about the women's division before then. Like, it's weird nobody's signing. It's weird that Kylie left. Something is wrong. We don't know what. But it needs to be dealt with if it's something related to abuse. And I hope whoever has been abused or hurt, if there is indeed anyone, that they're able eventually to find the strength to come forward with this. And... Don't even care if you wreck AEW over this or something like that. 
if AEW is founded on a pillar of sexual abuse or trying to stand behind it and protect people who are capable and have actually done it, if that is the pillar they want to stand behind and try to hold up, maybe AEW does not deserve to exist. Yep. If this is the thing that's going to kill AEW, then maybe it's better to just let it die. Mm -hmm. And again, just to stress, like, we have no proof, but if something that's were to come out against Kenny Omega or any of the EVPs, and it was big enough to sink them, this is something that they've been holding on for too long. It was doomed from the start. And that sucks, but it might be the harsh truth and a necessary one to get this industry back to where it needs to be. Or back, actually, where it has never been before, if we're being real here. Yep. Yeah. But where it needs to be. And quite frankly, considering the people that we know the the Bucks and and Omega have been very close with in the past, between Joey Ryan, between Marty Skrull, it's hard not to question it. Mm -hmm. So, that's my piece on that. I really have nothing more to add. You have any final thoughts on all this, Oscar? No, I really, it's been said so well. And that all I can hope is the fact that, you know, the fact that ultimately someone like Joey Ryan and Marty Skrull didn't sign is them think is them kind of hearing about these whisper networks and thinking we don't want to take that risk. I hope to God you're right on that because I don't want any of this to be festering. Yeah. Any more than it already has with an AEW. I hope to God I'm wrong again. We all do. But, again... We need to be prepared for the fact that maybe there's something there. Yep. And that if there is going to be a next, if there's going to be a next wave of this, if there's going to be a next round of speaking out, that maybe we start to have to start asking the question of what's actually going on with this women's division. Because this is not normal. No, it certainly is not. Yeah. Well, now that we've potentially put ourselves in a legal liability... <laughs> I think it's time I, to uh, end this episode of Heal Alternative and also end Heal Alternative for a couple months. Don't find me. Damn. In any, in any regards, I'm not plugging my shit in this one specifically. Do you want people to find you, Trace? John? Yeah? Judas Test. Fuck. Alright. You are beautiful on the inside. Wait, Dang. should I sing it? No, you don't have to sing it. You can just say it like this. This is fine. You are innocence personified. And I will drag you down and sell you out. Run away. I am cold Good. like December snow. I have carved out this soul made of stone, and I will drag you down and sell you out. Embraced by the darkness, I'm losing the light. Encircled by demons, I fight. What have I become now that I've betrayed? Everyone I've ever loved, I pushed them all away. And I have been a slave to the Judas in my mind. Is there something left for me to save in the wreckage of my life? My life. I'm become, I'm become, I'm becoming. I'm become, I'm become, I'm becoming... Judas in, Judas in, my mind. 
holy shit. You may have said one more becoming than other I thought you needed to, but I'm not going to look at... I'm looking at the lyrics right now. You're banging on with the amount of becomings. Okay. You counted them right. Perfect score, John. Although what I will say, you did forget the fact that they do, I become, I become, I become in, I become, I become, I become in Judas, Judas in my mind twice. Well, look, I wasn't going to force him on that. Like, it always tapers off at that point. Oh, we're not going to ask him to do the second verse? Oh, I know the second verse. Look... Oscar, you and I failed well before this. Oh, yeah. I, I failed that I have carved out the soul made of stone. That's the one I had to take a long time learning. <laughs> it's okay. I am looking at the second verse. It's three yeah. lines. Oh, yeah, this it's... guilt is a heavy cross. There is blood on the path I walk, and each step is haunting me. Any step I take is haunting me. Yes. It's... Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, you passed. Damn it. Yeah! <laughs> Damn it, I was hoping to catch you on that one. Uh, I actually didn't expect it, so I was like, oh, fuck! I actually realized when I was waking up this morning, oh, God, I need to give you a Judas test, or go on hiatus and come back, and, like, first thing is give you it. I totally <laughs> forgot about the Judas test. <laughs> there we go. We've closed off that circle. We have closed the loop, so now we can start a whole new storyline whenever we come back in September or whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll discuss and we'll figure out, because... Wrestling will probably be around in some form then. Who knows if it will be NXT, if it'll be okay. Probably will be. If AEW will be okay, we don't know. New Japan. Come join us, come join us when this all comes back for your, one and on, for your one and only Defy Wrestling and Capital Wrestling, Catalyst Wrestling podcast. I will happily talk about Defy. They're good people. Catalyst. <laughs> Anthony Bowens, he's the five-tool player. <laughs> Matt Farmer, you good people. They showed Anthony Bowens on Dynamite that one time. <laughs> they did, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll take a breath from all the awfulness that we cannot possibly like. Not, John, I'm not going to even crib off what you just said on the site. Pro wrestling got cool. We have an explanation there. It's much better than anything I could say here. Yeah, like the short version is, you know, as we, as we said last week, and as I as I wrote on that on the the article on the on the site, like, you know, at the end of the day, as has be, been made very clear with this episode, we're a comedy podcast. We're a comedy website in trying to cover a fucking industry that to make jokes about is kind of tasteless right now. Yep. So instead of being shitty, instead of being tasteless, instead of instead of trying to one-up uh, the whole fucking show in being the Come Town of Wrestling podcast, we're instead going to take a step back and, like, you know, just let this shit all play out, do some of our own work, figure out what this show actually needs to be going forward, because, like, this, this shit is not tenable, and it's hard to believe that wrestling's actually going to get better, so... If it's not going to get better, we're going to have to get better. But to know what we're going to need to do, we're going to have to take a step back and reevaluate things. And so we're taking the summer off. Yep. Yeah, it's it's there's nothing good that's going to happen this summer. There's no reason to keep covering this and continue to fall down through these gallows, basically, and just kind of watch as everything burns. We'd like to get back with, like, fresh mind. If wrestling still sucks, we'll... Figure out a way to cover it with figure out how we need to cover it if we should keep covering it. But right now, 
we're just going to be cynical as hell and just drained talking yep. about this stuff over and over again. We have been for the last few months. Yeah. Like this, this show has basically, you know, surprise, surprise with everything going on. It, I mean, it was fucking inevitable, but this show has basically become what heel turn was towards the end, which was just, we were miserable. I don't know, John, what happened on raw? <laughs> Probably some fucking transphobic shit involving Bobby Lashley. It turns out, about last night, everybody turned out to be a sexual predator. That is not good. good. I will say, I was going through my tweets uh, earlier, and I did find the Twitter thread when the Bobby Lashley sister segment happened. (laughs) Fuck. And yeah, I was right there where I was, back there all over again. Fucking God, no! Yeah. It's it's all terrible. So, I will say, if we're going to plug anything here, we are not going completely away from the internet. We will still be streaming a little bit online. Yeah. But we're going to do it in a fun way. In a silly way where we'll still talk about wrestling and joke about other things and be silly. And that'll be Thursdays in Fortnite. Indeed. The Smarksman. Yep, the Smarksman will continue to roll Thursdays, uh, usually nights, I don't know, like probably like 10, 11 Eastern, 7, 8 Pacific. I'll be there. Trace will be there. Owen will be there. Maybe John will be there. Yeah, I'll be there again starting next week. We're moving. We're moving. Yeah, we're moving Final Fantasy 12 to Wednesdays because of all this. Hell yeah. And my Wednesdays will now probably, for the foreseeable future, be playing Monster Hunter World with a friend and getting back into that shit. Yeah! So it also means I'm not going to be watching AEW Live, which is probably for the better. I can just scroll through the stuff that wastes time. My Wednesdays, I will probably still be watching AEW, but not talking to anyone about it. We'll talk yeah, the I mean, next that's day. probably what I'll do. Yeah. But, I'll watch and- it probably after streams, but... Yeah, I don't have and to watch I'll all the play, BS promos. Maybe I'll actually finish Sonic 06. You should do that. The point is, though, we're all going to be doing a bunch of dumb streaming shit. I'll be, I'll be doing my video shames thing. Trace will be uh, on PSEG. Oscar will be on his thing. We're going we're gonna to intermittently host these streams on, on twitch.tv slash pro wrestling. So just yeah. go to the regular er, Twitch channel. You'll find us there. Also, John, maybe I need to talk to you at some point about getting you into Dead by Daylight. Yes! Ooh, I, yeah, we do need to actually talk about that. That that would be fucking fun. Yeah, now, that said, it's not cross-platform right now, but... But we could figure something out. Yeah, I mean, I got you a, do have I got a, PC, a PC, right? Yeah, I got a PC. Yeah, it can run on pretty much anything. It's cool. not that bad. And, yeah, I mean, I guess the only other thing that I will plug is, is just to say that, you know, hey, if you liked the content that we did on this episode, then you'll love TeddyCast Countdown to Prison, our last official podcast before we go on break, coming sometime this weekend. I still need to finish writing the script. It's not just Teddy, it's prison. It's uh, Chase and Rance, too. Oh, that, too. And, yeah, I mean, look, just, you know, as I said in the post, like, 
we are we're officially going to be on break until Labor Day. Uh, at Labor Day, we will reevaluate things. But I mean, look, don't be surprised if there ends up being some kind of ruthless aggression or casual Friday thing. I mean, I'm still. I'm just saying, John has his magnum opus coming up with Teddy Cast. Trace, this was your magnum opus. I feel like I just need to put out a magnum opus. I mean, I, you do have a magnum opus, uh, 30 minutes of a magnum opus that I have saved on my computer. <laughs> this is this is very true. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Also, hey, maybe I'll finally get around to writing my really petty podcast about how much I hate my D&D group and how all my friends are backstabbers. Yeah, okay. I need someone to go up on my birthday next month. Yeah, do it, coward. I mean, hey, I was also thinking, you know, what if I buy my own WordPress blog for hosting a certain other prison-related podcast? I am so excited. We got some ideas. We, we'll be around. And I'll, yeah. Although, if we go back to that other prison-related podcast... Is it just going to wind up having to be premium when the rest of the show forgets to record a premium podcast for the month? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll put out, like, maybe I'll do Chrisley Cast Deluxe like I did for, for, I, for I'd Rather Not. Look, this is my last opportunity for a long time to be petty. I need to get it all out. Oscar, cut your life into pieces. This is your last resort. Let's go. I, I just had my pettiness. and i've already said off air that who would have thought that chris jericho would wind up being the least problematic of our top three wrestlers of 2019 that is still questionably sadly true you hate that wasn't where the smart money was no i mean it's it's kind of like a race between him cody to see who can fuck up more and trip over the line here Oh, I'm so excited for... I'm so excited for my argument of why Kona Reeves is the best male wrestler of 2020. Because he's the UK's only non-fuck-up. And the sad thing is that you might have a compelling argument. He's going to have to get past Hangman Page, let's be honest. That's also true. Folks, you hate to see it. And we especially hate to see it. So that's why we're not going to watch this shit for a couple months. Yep. But until the next time that we do that, this has been episode 37 of Heal Alternative, the interim official podcast of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool. It's dot cool. Any final words of wisdom to leave us all out here, uh, gentlemen? Y'all come back now you're here, unless your lawyer's representing Kenny Omega. Stay home, folks. Especially if you're a lawyer representing Kenny Omega. Yeah. If you are a lawyer representing Kenny Omega, uh, please send all complaints about this episode to Virgil, Texas. (laughs) He's actually producing this episode. It's totally true. In all seriousness, though, y'all, thank you for all of the fucking support that you have given us. Not just with the past, like, eight months or so that we've done this specific show, but you know, in the fucking seven plus years that we've been doing heel turn pro wrestling. Cool. All this shit. 
Thank you for all the fucking Patreon money. Thank you for just giving us this fucking, you know, venue for us to just give you this dumb bullshit. And especially thank you to fucking Oscar and Trace for going along on this ride with me. Thank you in retrospect for Owen not allowing me on heel turn to talk about my experiences at double or nothing. And instead saying, well, why don't you do this podcast with trace who you've never interacted with before? <laughs> yeah. That one caught me by surprise when he said that. And it's like, you know what? I'm just going to roll with it. Cause I was going to be the AW guy and you know what? It turned into a very, very good podcast. And I don't yeah. know what he sees with you. That's wrong. Cause you are a good expert to talk to about this stuff. I mean, for what it's worth, have you listened to the episode of Heel Turn I was on? I see what he sees wrong with me. Yeah, no, I sure haven't, but, you know. As my, you look, it is pure, unfiltered Oscar, and it is the most Chris Benoit. Oh. So that's why! <laughs> <laughs> Carmella is the Chris Benoit of WWE. These are my parting words to you. <laughs> That's why New Jack killed Oscar. <laughs> Wait, is Owen New Jack? Have you ever seen Owen and New Jack in the same room at the same time? I'm actually genuinely not sure. Also, <laughs> have you ever seen Owen and Cocaine in the same room at the same time? Uh, no. Of course you haven't. Where do you think the cocaine went? <laughs> You know what? This checks out with why Owen made me just take shots of grain alcohol that one time. And now we need oh. to end because Owen's going to sue us. <laughs> you can't you can't sue two po- you can't sue two podcast hosts for the same crime. <laughs> Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> we'll see you in like, I don't know, a couple months, folks. Thanks. Thanks for everything. <laughs> This podcast was brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows. 